Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. It is March 15th, 2021, and we are on episode 53. Uh, Great to have you here. A couple housekeeping things to kick us off. Um, One thing that I really wanted to make sure that you understood was that uh, each of the episodes that we do here at the show um, has a landing page on the Transcend Human website. Uh, and there's a full uh, show notes available there for each uh, podcast episode. So if you're ever interested in uh, either reading through that or uh, down at the bottom of that, there is always a section called uh, resources or references. Um, Feel free to head over there. And I I try to list all of the references I use uh, in each of the episodes, uh, just so that you have that information if you ever wanted to go uh, check things out or or um, look further into some of the things that we've talked about on the show. So just know that that is available to you. Um, second, uh, remember we are still going strong with our 50th episode challenge. Um, those of you who've been here for the last two or three episodes know what this is all about. Uh, we're basically asking that you uh, write a review <clears throat> on Apple Podcasts and get free coffee. Uh, from now until the end of March. So what we're doing is we're partnering together uh, to help make the show a success uh, and to make sure you're caffeinated, of course. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, just remember, if you do leave a, a review, to reach out to us at info at and let us know that you left the review. That way we can uh, send you your gift card. Okay, I think that's good for housekeeping. Let's move into the minute of transparency. Uh, This week, I'm just going to call it Oblivious Driving. Now, this is going to be an actual minute of transparency. I mean, the other ones are fine. I've been transparent. I've told you about my life, what goes through my head. But this one's going to let you see way deep inside my brain and the fact that it isn't always firing on all cylinders. It's funny. It's embarrassing. But whatever. Um, I decided to tell it. So here we go. So my son is finally getting to play football again. Uh, California relaxed their COVID restrictions, and it looks like we're actually going to get an abbreviated season. So a week or so ago, they literally dropped the bomb. Yes, you're going to have it. So the team went through, got fitted for equipment, and they've been doing full contact practices um, like crazy in order to get ready for the first game, which was uh, Friday night. Uh, My wife and I got to go watch the game all sorts of ridiculous COVID restrictions, including the fact that only two of us could go instead of the three who are in our household. Um, But that's another story for another day. So we went and we watched the game. It was freezing cold. Uh, For those of you in the Midwest, I'm sure you're laughing, um, but it was ridiculous. Uh, It had kind of rained throughout the day. Uh, It was in the 40s, slightly windy, um, we, we sat in the stands and shook. It was so cold. Um, but it was so good to be back watching football again, getting to go watch your kids do what they love to do. 
So there's that. Um, and during this past two week period of time, um, after each practice, uh, Tyler basically was coming home and he was leaving his equipment in the garage. Uh, since the locker rooms are still off limits, thanks to COVID. Uh, and his new routine has been to take two pieces of his gear and hang them on the tow hooks in the front of the Jeep. Uh, his football pants and then a pair of padded compression shorts that he wears uh, under the pants. So the first time I saw this, I laughed and I kind of joked with the family that night. <clears throat> and I said, you watch, someone's going to be driving the Jeep someday and people are going to be waving at you and telling you to stop. And you're not going to understand, but it will be because those things are still hanging off the front of the Jeep. Needless to say, we all had a good laugh and moved on. Uh, fast forward a few days, uh, I'm meeting a friend for coffee a couple miles from the house and I decide to take the Jeep. So I walk out into the garage and I see the gear hanging from the front of the Jeep. Mental note, you need to take those off before you leave. I then proceed to take all of my stuff, put it in the back of the Jeep, uh, put on my Doc Martin boots, which require some time and energy, uh, thanks to the long laces. So I finished everything up, I opened the door of the Jeep, and I drove to Starbucks to meet my friend. And of course, you're way ahead of me, um, I never removed the football gear from the front of the Jeep. Uh, apparently mental notes uh, are not as sticky as I thought they were. So I'm sitting in Starbucks, uh, looking out at the parking lot, when the car in front of the Jeep backs out and leaves. And there on the front of the Jeep are the football pants, but only the football pants. I admit it, I freaked out a little bit, but only on the inside because my friend and I were still chatting away. When we were done, I returned to the Jeep, put the pants inside, and proceeded to backtrack all the way home to see if I could find the shorts. Seems simple enough, except that we live in Orange County, and the roads that I took are roads that have three to four lanes going in each direction. So not only was it hard to see over the, uh, the median, driving 60 miles an hour, um, but you know, with cars and traffic, it was just all the more difficult to try to find what I was looking for. So just as I was thinking that I had probably missed seeing them along the way, I came to a large intersection and there across the road were the shorts in the middle of the lanes with cars driving around and over them. So I pulled the Jeep over on the side of the road, put on the hazards and proceeded to frogger my way across six lanes of traffic in order to secure the shorts and not get run over. I returned home victorious, but feeling very, very embarrassed at the same time. And that's really it. That's the story. Uh, no real moral to the story other than as you get older, uh, mental notes don't always stick. All right. Uh, the other piece to this is that the story has nothing to do with our topic today, uh, which is transcending resistance. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about resistance with a capital R. We're going to talk about creating your flag. And number three, protect and fly your flag. Number one, resistance with a capital R. So this is one of those episodes that I've been really waiting for, really eager to, uh, to write and record this one. Uh, it's a topic that I've struggled with my entire life in one form or fashion. And yet for a long time, I didn't really have the words uh, to describe the situation or the feeling, uh, at least not until recently. In 2018, I really started to dive into the whole writing thing. Now, I had been writing off and on my whole life, but this was different, right? My 2012 uh, idea for a science fiction trilogy series had really started to weigh on me. 
Uh, I was wrestling with how to get it started and how to keep things moving. Uh, and in this quest somewhere, I started to immerse myself in the writing culture. Uh, I remember ordering 10 of the top writing books on Amazon, uh, two of them that had an amazing impact on me uh, early on. Uh, the first was The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And the only way I can describe that book is it's a kind of a philosophical look uh, at what it means to be creative and to live out the life of a dedicated writer or artist. And then the other book was On Writing uh, by Stephen King. And it's partly a story of his life, and, and the rest was a simple, succinct take on what it means to write well. And shortly after that, I found um, this book called The Story Grid um, and a podcast by Sean Coyne. Now, this book and podcast episodes really became kind of my lifeline uh, for a really long time. Uh, I was immediately drawn to it, probably because of my nature, my personality, uh, my desire for order, consistency, standardization. Um, it literally offered a formulaic approach to writing, a methodology almost mathematical in nature that, if followed, could provide the very thing readers are looking for in a book like yours. I mean, I couldn't get enough of this. I was hooked. I soaked it up a little bit every day. Uh, but somewhere in there, I realized that I was spending 80% of my time consuming content about writing and very little time actually writing. At first, I shrugged it off. I mean, I'm learning, right? I need to understand this stuff in order to write well. Uh, I looked at the first six chapters of my book uh, written before the story grid epiphany, and I knew that it just wasn't good enough. Right? It would all have to be reworked if it was going to adhere to the story grid method. But at the same time, I still felt that guilt, right? that twinge that came with learning, but not actually doing the work. Then at some point, I heard Sean mention a guy named Stephen Pressfield. Uh, at first, it just sounded like somebody that he knew way back in the day when he was an editor, uh, some guy who wrote books, uh, one of which actually became a pretty big hit and became a movie called The Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, but over time, I realized that this guy was more than just an acquaintance, right? They were friends. They actually worked together on the story grid stuff. And then uh, I found or came across an episode where Sean Coyne interviewed Stephen Pressfield, and it all became clear. Sean Coyne worked with Stephen Pressfield on some of his major books uh, and introduced Stephen to the story grid concept, which ultimately helped sharpen the sword, so to speak. Uh, and made the books that uh, Stephen was writing even more successful. But this isn't why I bring up Stephen Pressfield. Uh, it's because of a little book he wrote back in 2012 called The War of Art. Uh, not only did I keep hearing Sean Coyne reference it on the StoryGrid podcast, uh, but other writers have referred to this little book as well, uh, typically when they talk about how to keep moving forward when they got stuck or experienced writer's block. So at some point, I picked up the book and I read it for myself. And it was magical because it shined a spotlight on the very things that I was going through as a writer or as a creative, not the things I was doing, not just the things I was doing to sabotage my own progress, but things that the world would do to me as well. So in this episode, um, you know, I'm going to talk about a lot of the ideas and concepts presented in The War of Art. So if you like what you hear, head on, to, head on over to Amazon. Uh, get a copy for yourself. I think it will definitely help you to think through some of those things. But before reading the book, um, I thought my biggest problems were, first, not having enough time, 
due to, you know, everything under the sun, family, work, um, responsibilities, keeping the house clean, all that stuff. And number two, uh, falling into procrastination once in a while. But after reading the book, I was able to label the real problem as resistance with a capital R. According to Pressfield, resistance is the most toxic force on the planet. Uh, It's an overarching force that seems to derail any good and noble pursuit you may have in life. As a writer, this means you're writing. As an artist, it means the art you hope to create. As an actor, it means the role you long to play. Resistance is there, attacking all of us. Anytime we try to launch something good into the world, it's there as the equal and opposite reaction. In the book, he defines how resistance works. And it's everything from self-doubt, fear, believing lies, self-sabotage, procrastination, jealousy, getting caught up in drama, self-medicating, playing the victim, feeling sad, unhappy, depressed, uh, focusing on success versus the process, isolating, rationalization. So why is it so insidious? Well, resistance is a four-star general marshalling thousands of troops in your direction to keep you from reaching your goal. And in the third section of the book, uh, Pressfield touches on something that Transcend Human definitely believes to be true, that there is something bigger going on, something deeper, something spiritual. He calls this section, Beyond Resistance, the Higher Realm. And it is here where he discusses the muse. He explains that the muse is a force for good that gives us the creative ideas and helps us pull them out of the darkness and into the light. It's a force that we can tap into methodically uh, by doing our part each and every day with hard work, dedication, and all of those things. We slowly allow the muse to work through us and eventually we accomplish the thing that we were created to accomplish. And all along the way, we have resistance with a capital R on our tail, telling us we can't do it, telling us we aren't good enough, telling us we'll never have what it takes, and putting barrier after barrier after barrier in our way to block the road to us completing our calling. And as I finished the book, I realized why I was so drawn to it. Uh, It was partly due to the raw in-your-face explanation that yes, the world is against you, Uh, But it is also up to you to fight back. Don't just lie down and take it. Don't just accept that you won't succeed because life is hard. You have the power to make little decisions every day that push back against resistance and ultimately help you win. And the other piece that drew me in was the similarity to what we've talked about on this podcast, right? Yes, we use different terms, but the truth is the same. Transcend Human would suggest that God is the muse. It's God who speaks into each and every one of us the truth of who we are, what we can accomplish, and how we can uniquely impact the world. But Satan is diametrically opposed to that reality. He knows that we have a gift to give to the world. He knows that we each have an ability, uh, talent, things that, um, that we can do to make progress in our lives and to grow and mature but he hates that about us. And he wants nothing more than to block our progress and to cause us to fail. Like resistance with a capital R, he uses everything at his disposal to distract us, confuse us, wear us out, sadden us, and eventually block us from accomplishing our goals. So if we look at it that way, Satan is resistance. 
Satan is there behind every little thing that gets in our way. The things the world throws at us and the internal things that we struggle with like procrastination and fear. Now, Pressfield's book is heavily geared toward art and the creative process. But right at the beginning, he lists other areas in your life where you will meet resistance. Things like starting a diet or exercise plan, starting a business, starting a program to overcome an addiction, starting an educational pursuit, a nonprofit, a social justice endeavor, uh, even working to have a strong marriage or family. So obviously, resistance isn't just something creatives experience. It is a toxic force in the universe that impacts us all. In my own life, I've seen it play out on both levels. First, I've seen it play out in my creative endeavors. So it, it seems like the more passionate I become about a project, the more obstacles pop up out of the blue. Uh, my work life picks up, freelance projects start back up again. Uh, something will happen in the family. Uh, you know, we take a few kids in through the Safe Families program. And it's just really easy to say, well, you know, things are just a little busy right now. Uh, I guess I'll just hold off on my stuff. And at the same time, the inner, internal struggles get louder as well. I feel unqualified. I lie to myself. I feel the tension that comes with not moving forward. And I feel like I'll never finish. And I get distracted by good things like research, reading, and learning more about the writing process. And I can also see the power of resistance in just trying to be a better person right? So I recently decided that I had been sedentary for way too long. Uh, So I came up with a plan. Uh, I'm going to get up around 6.30 every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to go on a run. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll write. So I put it on my calendar and I resolved to make it happen. I think, you know, I had this plan already to go on a Thursday night, maybe. Uh, And by Sunday, I could not believe all of the things that were happening to make my Monday morning start more difficult. I can't remember all of the things that happened. Um, You know, this was a few weeks ago, but I probably should have written them down um, just because it was almost comical. I mean, it was ridiculous stuff, stuff that you just can't make up. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, someone at work scheduled an 8 a.m. call on Monday morning. We rarely ever do 8 a.m. calls. And while it didn't completely overlap with me running, um, it did mean that I needed to adjust the time in order to get a shower in before the call. Uh, Sunday night, my son's computer just decided to no longer um, work with Apple Music out of the blue. So I was up late, later than I really wanted to be, trying to help him out with that, troubleshoot it. You know, and those are just two things that come to mind. But I remember at the time almost throwing my hands up feeling like the universe was out to get me. And the next week turned out to be similar. Uh, Two of the three mornings um, I was to get up and run, it rained in Southern California. Can you believe it? We don't get rain most of the year, but when we do, apparently it knew I was trying to create a positive new habit. And that's how it works, right? That's how the universe is out to get me and it's out to get you. Call it the universe, call it resistance, or feel free to call it Satan. Uh, There is a force aligned against us. It wants us to fail because it knows that if too many of us succeed at our creative pursuits or in bettering ourselves or in strengthening our families, the world will be better for it. And resistance wants no part of that. Satan's goal is to keep positive and inspiring things from happening. 
and for the world to eventually tear itself apart. Don't take my word for it. Um, The Bible does a really good job at describing Satan uh, and his desire for this world. Here's just a few examples. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, stay alert, watch out, for your great enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12, uh, put on the full armor of God <clears throat> so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. John 10.10 The thief's, or Satan's, purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. I love this one because it really shows the the dichotomy between good and bad, right? The fact that Satan wants to do us harm, but God wants us to prosper. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Uh, This verse, to me, really drives home the point that we all experience Satan's anger, but that there is a way out, and with God's help, we win. Pretty crazy, right? Stephen Pressfield is on the right track, right? He's right on the money when he begins to spiritualize this concept of resistance, because there is a spiritual force behind it, a dark, evil force pushing back against every good thing that we try to accomplish or become. Number two, find your flag. So now that we understand this concept of resistance um, and the true enemy that we're all kind of fighting against, um, what do we do? And how do we know when we're experiencing it in our lives? Well, for a detailed explanation on the ways it impacts us, I would just recommend you get the book, The War of Art, uh, and read it for yourself. But at the same time, I think there's some simple conclusions that we can draw here in the next few minutes. And I'd like to start by offering up an illustration. So remember the playground game you used to play called Capture the Flag? Um, It was right up there with Freeze Tag and Kick the Can and Red Rover. Um, And I'm sure that there are a variety of rule variations, uh, but the central concept is the same. So you split up into two teams. Each team has a flag uh, and a side of the playing field. Each team tries to capture the other team's flag and return it to their side of the playing field. If you're captured on the opponent's side, uh, you go to a designated jail area uh, where you can be rescued by another player from your team at some point. And when it comes to the flag, um, you know, on a playground, it's typically just something you find quickly uh, and make it the flag. You know, it could be somebody's extra shirt, a jacket, or uh, something like that. But one year, Uh, I was at a summer camp, uh, and I saw a much more meaningful version of Capture the Flag. All of the kids were split up into four groups, and it was kind of similar to the houses at Hogwarts, right, in the Harry Potter series. Uh, Each team had a color and a name, and at some point on the first day, there was an arts project that involved designing a flag. A lot of thought went into this flag. Each group of kids worked together to think through their goals for the week, the values they held to be true, and what they wanted to stand for. And that directly translated into the flag. 
through like an official crest, imagery on the flag, things like that. And when it was completed, this flag flew over their section of the camp. It went with them everywhere they went. On the last day of camp, it was carried by the team leader as they marched into closing ceremonies. And yes, at some point that week, it was used in the game Capture the Flag. It was amazing how much more meaningful that game was than any of the playground Capture the Flags I had played before. And it all came down to the fact that the flag we were protecting was very important to us. Which is odd, right? Because when most people play Capture the Flag, they think about the capture part. They think about taking the other team's flag. Uh, It's right there in the name of the game. But when I played this time, it was actually more about protecting our flag, making sure that we did everything in our power not to let it be taken. We had worked so hard on it, and we knew that they would not treat it as well as well as we did. All that to illustrate this. Each of us individually has a flag. Uh, we each have something that's unique to us, something that Pressfield would say the universe or the muse is wanting to give to us or help us find or uncover. Uh, Some of us know exactly what that is. You know, we've already found our flag. Others are close, right? They're right on the tip of the iceberg right there. Um, And they're on a quest to figure it out once and for all. And then there are those who may not even know that there's a flag to find. They're simply living their lives oblivious to the gift that they've been given. So what about you? Have you found your flag? Uh, Have you thought it through? Have you realized how the creator put you together? Um, how you were built, and the special gift that you've been given. That gift that only you know how to give back to the world in your special way. Uh, If you're you're still a little fuzzy on what I mean by that, uh, maybe this will help to explain it. So back in high school, my friends and I started to freak out a little bit uh, come senior year, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives and, and, you know, how things were going to be after high school. And, you know, these are some pretty typical questions that that high school seniors have. So we were asking, like, you know, where would we go to school? What would we study? Uh, would we find friends? Uh, would we find someone to marry? Uh, where would we go after college? Where would we live? Now, unfortunately, this is something my 16-year-old sophomore is already struggling with. Um, the pressure to know what you want to do with the rest of your life is happening to kids at a younger and younger age. But I made it through that phase. I went to college, got a degree, started my life. And I think for most people, this is where we can go off the rails. Uh, We can become disillusioned because we assume that the career path we've chosen is our flag. It's our destiny. It's that thing that we're meant to do, our gift to the world. And for some, it might be. And that's great. Uh, You hear stories all the time about a person getting a job in high school and working at that job for the next 50 years, day in, day out, doing their job to the best of their ability. And they tell you, you know, when you ask that they loved it and that they wouldn't change a thing. And those are beautiful success stories, right? Stories of dedication, commitment, contentment, and who knows, maybe this was their flag. But how often do you hear the opposite, right? You know, people who would say that work is a necessary evil or something that just has to be done, always looking forward to the weekend. So in this case, it's easy to see why people haven't found their flag. Um, If we tie our flag to a career that we don't really love or one that we feel we're stuck in, 
our flag can almost become a negative thing, something we'd like to get rid of. But what if we removed our flag from our career? What if we aimed a bit higher than the thing that we studied in college or the job that we took right out of high school? For me, it took over 40 years to really figure this out. But at some point, I was able to look back at my life and connect the dots. Everything I had been through, the places I had lived, the people I had met, the jobs I had, uh, the changes in career, all of it led to this one thing, me finding my flag. So what is it? What's my flag? Well, if I had to boil it down, I would call myself a writer. And what I write about, that's my flag. There are hundreds of thousands of writers in the world. So my flag isn't really that I'm a writer. My flag is the content. It's what I write about. That's my flag. The thing that I'm giving back to the world. And interestingly enough, it's not my career, right? This isn't my full-time job. I get up early and write. Uh, At some point, I decided that the fastest way to get content out there into the world was to start the Transcend Human podcast. Sure, I would love to write books and get them published, but the entire time you're writing a book, it's only you getting to see the content. For years, it sits in your head or on a computer screen and nobody gets to see it but you until that glorious day when it gets published. Or maybe I should say if it gets published. So that's a journey I'm still on. But the podcast is great because it's an ongoing conversation that isn't staying in my head. It goes out into the world every week. So that's it. That's my flag. God has given me things to say, and I'm obediently sharing those things in the only way that I know how, by writing them down and talking about them on the podcast. And even if it remains something that I do in my spare time early in the morning for the rest of my life, I believe it's my thing. It's my flag. Number three, protect and fly your flag. So there really isn't a lot left to say, except that once you have found your flag, you need to do two things, protect it and fly it. First, you need to protect your flag. So this episode has been all about resistance, the force pushing back against you and your flag. It doesn't want you to find your flag, and it most certainly doesn't want you to start flying it. Resistance is everything that stands between you and the world getting to see your flag. It's the physical barriers, the unforeseen life events, the doubt, the fear, the internal self-talk that says that you're not good enough and that you will never succeed. These are the things you will face the minute you find your flag. The minute you start getting geeked out about this new thing that you found uh, and you begin the process of raising the flag, that's when resistance hits. That's when the bottom drops out. And that's when you have to protect your flag. By seeing resistance for what it is, a futile attempt at keeping you from reaching your full potential, smoke and mirrors to keep you away from sharing your gift with the world. And once you see it for what it is, you're on the road to overcoming it, putting it in its place, and fighting through those barriers. And finally, fly your flag. It won't be easy. Take it from me, getting up early every morning is not my thing. Uh, It's not like uh, publishers breaking down my door, offering me $100,000 advances to write the stuff I'm wanting to write. There is no early success to suggest that I keep going. Uh, It's just taking my next right step every day in the right direction, the, the direction that I know that I should be going. It's overcoming small pieces of resistance every day to keep going and slowly raise the flag. 
And it's being comfortable with the fact that you may never be rewarded for flying your flag, at least not in the way we traditionally think of being rewarded, right? With money or popularity, becoming a household name. No, it's being comfortable with the fact that your reward may be very small in those terms, but that the bigger reward is fighting off resistance. It's the fact that you listened to your heart and you did what you were asked to do. The universe, the muse, yes, God himself, handed you that flag, and it was up to you what you were going to do with it. So let's land the plane. What is your flag? What is the gift that you have to offer the world? Are you a writer, podcaster, YouTuber, singer, artist, ceramicist, sculptor? And it doesn't have to be arts-related. Are you a healer, counselor, environmentalist, attorney? Uh, Whatever it is, if it's your flag, fly it high and allow that flag to make the world a better place. This week, ask yourself the following questions. What is my flag? If you don't know, what would it take to find it? If you know what your flag is, what's your next step? And number three, how is resistance impacting you? What is standing in your way? And how can you overcome those things in order to fly your flag? Wow, I'm exhausted. That was a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of uh, great stuff to think about as well. I just love talking through this stuff because I'm a firm believer that we are all uniquely gifted, that we all have a flag to fly. God doesn't make junk, right? He gave each of us a personality, talents, ideas, and yes, he gave each of us a flag to fly. Over the past few years, I've started to see uh, things I wasn't able to see before, things that happen uh, and serve to reinforce the path that I'm on. I believe the correct word is serendipitous, um, you know, serendipitous events or events that are unplanned and yet are fortunate and favorable discoveries. Uh, and this happened to me again this week, even as I was writing this episode. Uh, I listened to an episode of the podcast, Bob Goff and Friends, uh, where Bob interviewed Tim Tebow. Uh, It was a great episode just because I love um, hearing from Tim Tebow. I mean, you can't help but be inspired by the energy he has and the life that he's lived. But what was serendipitous about the piece uh, is that toward the end of it, they started talking about a kid's book Tim wrote called Bronco and Friends, A Party to Remember. Uh, Tim explained the premise, uh, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It literally mirrored what I was just thinking through the stuff that we just talked about, the fact that each of us has a special um, thing, all right? Each of us is special, and each of us has a flag to find. Or in the case of Bronco, a puzzle piece to find. So good uh, and serendipitous in that that it reinforces the fact that I've found my flag. I'm on the right track. It was as if God whispered, see, that stuff you're working on this week, it's the right stuff. You're headed in the right direction. Just keep moving forward. I'm with you. If you love a good kid's book, I would encourage you to check out Bronco and Friends uh, for your child or your grandkids. Um, It's really good stuff. My prayer for you this week is twofold. Uh, Well, first, I want you to feel that to be true, right? That you are special, unique, uh, and that you have something to offer the world. And number two, I pray that once you identify that thing, Uh, that you will be able to fight against the resistance and win the battle. I would love to hear your story, what your flag is, and how you overcame resistance in that that, um, effort. If you feel like sharing, just email me your story. 
uh, info at transcendhuman.com. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't do a lot of interacting um, with listeners, but this would be a really cool, uh, cool thing. So, you know, if I get a few good ones, you know, I may even dedicate an episode to kind of sharing those anonymously, of course, um, in a future episode. So that would be cool. Thanks again, like I said, for being with us today. Um, Until next time, friends, have a great week. Fly your flag and keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.